Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I'm the original American boy. Love you, baby. familiar with them, but I'm getting some, I'm getting a little bit of some Elvis vibes out of them. It's uh, got a little bit of that uh, Northern California vibe to it. He wears the uh, rhinestone suits. They're not minded. No, Chris Isaac's good. He's got a good band. And, uh, you know, he probably plays more like theaters and yeah wineries and all that now not quite you know, arenas wicked, or anything but no 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 wicked game was his big hit it, it's a cover no wicked games a uh was an original tune and okay came around in the late 80s early 90s when p-man was a easily influenced uh, teenager and it was a sultry video see there's been so many covers of that song i don't know who the, who made the original i didn't realize he had that the, well, the original he had the one that was the big hit. Yeah, okay. Got you. Now, whether I, I believe it was original. I don't know the story on that. I mean, I don't proclaim to be. But he's got a lot of good music. I, I've always liked to. I'll give him a shot. I mean, this is not bad. I, I, no, this is good. I this suppose was the he's theme. country? No? Uh, there's a little bit of rockabilly in there. You know. I like it. It's unique. It's different. Yeah. Better than that hip-hop mess. All right, so. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome in, everybody. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Boy, NASCAR can't help but get in its own way, can it? Me and you were talking about this. It used to be a huge thing. I mean, just just as recent as 10 years ago, it used to be a thing. Me and the pops would have his friends over. You'd grill out, and it would be a huge event just sitting around watching NASCAR. Now, that's like non-existent. You don't I see that never, I was never a huge uh, fan in the sense that you know, and I liked uh, sports growing up. Yeah. I, I've come to appreciate it a little more. Uh, but then, yeah, and I was kind of into it last year. And then it just, I, you know, all the mess, it just sort of, I don't know, lost me. Yeah. And, and I mean, here, so they're in Bristol, which used to be like, and I'm not kidding you when I say this, Bristol used to be one of the toughest tickets in sports. I mean, it sat 150,000 people and it was like an unbelievable ticket to get into you couldn't get a ticket to get into bristol yeah i think they describe it as like it's almost like a college football like the biggest college football stadium you can find and they just do a nascar track in there and because of its location in tennessee yeah and virginia the southwestern part of virginia and the carolinas it had like a huge following and you pull from pretty much all those regions where you're yeah your base absolutely is. yeah absolutely and i mean now even even pre-pandemic plenty of good seats available 
But, I mean, they just had another wreck in this thing. So they've thrown dirt over, it looks like, the normal track. Yeah, it's not quite what I was expecting. I'm not the biggest no, NASCAR I, like, guy, I, but... I, well, when I kept hearing about the dirt track, I thought, all right, we're going to see dirt on... We're going to see a dirt track. Yeah, yeah. You could see the asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> not quite I mean, what i had in mind no it's not what i had in mind either like i like my guy billy mack around the track with billy mack does the dirt track stuff down in fayetteville right yeah that's a dirt track yeah that, i mean that's that's what, what you I imagine when you think dirt track because right. they got money at bristol i mean it's not like they uh, no i mean really it it looks like you know when it rains and a lot of clay gets on the road <laughs> and some that's what it looks like oh my gosh it looks like it rained a lot like three days ago, and we now have had people driving over the, the clay where the clay washed over on the flooded road, and there's still clay on the road, but you can see the asphalt. That's what, what it looks like now at Bristol. And, and look, if I'm NASCAR, this is a huge embarrassment. Yeah. This thing won't be over till four in the morning because nobody, I mean, they're, guys are running into each other. We're an hour in, awful. and we're like a fifth of the way through the race. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, ben, am I wrong about you? Could see the no, it's I've the seen, asphalt. I've you can see the asphalt. It's 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 ridiculous. I mean, it's it's a little bit of false advertising there. It's it's just Bristol, and then they just put some. I mean, and I mean, if you're in the fan, if you're in the and I look, I get dirt racing. I've been to a dirt track before, smaller dirt. I enjoy it. It's know, a lot of fun. It kicks up. I mean, you know, if you're in the stands, you're gonna get dirt on you. Yeah. You can't see from anywhere because the way this dirt is not packed down, so it's kicking up. This is an embarrassment. Is this is this a new thing? Like they try to try something different, so or is this a what, traditional what I, thing? What I understood, no, no, no. What I understood is Bristol, because of its sagging attendance, uh, wanted to try something new because you know they're doing more road course races this year. Oh, I mean, it, it, no, it's, it's it's terrible. It's you know, like they're trying to push their base away. I mean, road courses were the worst. They did the road. They've done the road course at Charlotte the last few years. That's awful. The worst. They're the worst. They did one at Daytona earlier in the. I mean, it's just it's awful. These road Nobody course races them. are. I mean, it's fine in California when it was kind of the one event of the year where or or up in uh, is it in the Poconos where they would do the other road. But yeah. I mean, you know, when you had like a couple a year, kind of early on, they eh, were, all right, they were bad, but you could tolerate them. Well, I mean, it just kind of was part of the way it was. You can get through it. Because you knew better races were ahead. But this thing is a, I mean, there's more dirt in the stands right now than there is on parts of the track. This is a debacle. God. I'll give them, the, at least they tried something different. And part of that has to deal with, well, they need to try something different. I mean, well, no, they just need to get back, get back to the roots of what you were doing. Race at these tracks. It was the great Monty Dutton who said all the best, the cities with the best tracks had the worst hotels. And the cities with the best hotels had the worst tracks. Yeah. Well, think and about that's it. where and that's where NASCAR is right now. They're losing ratings. They're probably in desperation mode, and they're probably overthinking it. I mean, well, they've been in yeah. desperation mode well, for well, a yeah. long time because yeah. nobody's watching that stuff anymore. They and, and look, we. I mean, I want to be supportive of it. I do too. I like I like the people at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I, they're nice people. They're good people. It's a big part of the state's history. I mean, it's a big part of the region's well, it's history. A big, it's a big industry. It's yeah. a big industry in the state. And I mean, sports go, it's a big, as you say, it's a big part of sports history in North Carolina. Yeah. Used to be one of the fastest, fastest growing sports in America. I mean, now it's. But I mean, now we got, I mean, look, I've, I've been to a race at Martinsville. There's no more fun than going to a race at Martinsville. Yeah. Because you could see the whole track. Martinsville is very short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we've talked there. It's, it's kind of like. Uh, 
sad. Sad state the of NBA, affairs. It's kind of like the NBA. We've talked our, our quota for the, uh, <laughs> for the next for the little year. while. We're done. That's it for the year. We're done talking about NASCAR. Uh, Houston tonight uh, has a chance to do something they've not done since the early 80s. Let's go to the final four. Uh, they will uh, take on uh, Oregon. We'll hear a little bit from uh, Coach Kelvin Sampson and uh, Dejon uh, Giroux, who has uh, been a little banged up coming up in a bit. Cliff Godwin will go inside the ECU clubhouse. Ben Byram, who is such an integral part of these broadcasts now. I, I'm happy for you. They're <laughs> oh, the scoreboard wow. anchor that you are during, which is uh, they should have been doing all along, and I'm glad they're doing it. They're letting you anchor with scores. I think that's great. But um, I tell you what, I, so Cliff Godwin told me earlier today that they're going to be starting uh, Tristan Kimmel who's a kid from Colorado, and he'll be making his first start of the year. I mean, it's going to be a bullpen game tomorrow. Yeah. And I get it because the four games this weekend are conference games, and they're important. It's an important to get out to a good start. And ultimately, it's important for ECU to win its conference. Yeah. But to me, you got to win tomorrow night to have any notion of being anywhere close to that top eight seed because the league is, is not there RPI-wise this year. And I mean, the just, league has have... really struggled outside of us. I mean, it's, 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 it's in bad shape. You just don't have any big RPI win chances beyond tomorrow. Uh, you know, and, and what I understand now, if I'm wrong, hit me on the always anonymous text line or uh, tweet at us. Well, I know coming into the season, UCF, and I think even Tulane, were kind of getting some national praise Houston, a little bit. Houston as well. Yeah. Gets, I mean, but they, this haven't, is not they haven't played that, well. They haven't played well. And this is not to say there aren't good teams in the American. I'm not saying that. Yeah. There's some really good teams in the American. But the problem is it, there's nothing there that's going to really elevate ECU's uh, RPI or whatever factors are decided. And, go, and, and tomorrow's their last best chance to get a win that would help their uh, RPI. That would really help them towards, you know, I, I think they're going to certainly host a regional. That seems to be the, but in order to get a super regional, which is what I think ECU needs to get to Omaha, I think they got to have, I got to have that road go through Greenville. And tomorrow gives you a better shot to do that. So we'll get Coach Godwin's thoughts on that. And look, I hope the bullpen comes out and they perform as well as they did certainly Friday night. 18 strikeouts. Of course, pitcher of the week, Gavin Williams, getting 11 of them helped. Boy, he was great on Friday, wasn't he? He was phenomenal. God, he's good. He's got such a big future, and he's a good kid, too. But he was named the Pitcher of the Week, so congratulations to him. Uh, Houston, anywhere from a six to seven and a half point favorite tonight, I would take the under. Uh, I would take the over in Arkansas, Baylor. I have gone with Baylor on my uh, picks, you know, to advance to the Final Four for entertainment purposes only for the brackets. I, even, okay. even a Sweet 16 one that I get in, I've, I've picked Baylor to get to the finals, actually. But um, you know what I would say, Ben? Uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I'm feeling Arkansas here. I know they had to go to the limit with Oral Roberts and hit a shot. Yeah. But, I mean, they can, they can play Musselman, their coach, coached in the pros. And, look, you know, he wasn't the most successful coach. But, I mean, they just don't, they don't let an idiot coach in the NBA. I mean, oh, you've yeah. got to know some basketball if you're coaching in the NBA. Uh, with that said, could you imagine being the donor for – Indiana, you stroked a check for $10 million to get rid of Archie and they hired Woodson. You get I mean, a Knicks who, assistant? <laughs> yeah. 
And I, look, and he was a great player at Indiana. I think he can coach basketball. The Thad Mata thing there is a little bit of a, you know, the Thad Mata deal is a little bit of what you would probably call a, uh, an insurance policy because he's going to be kind of overseeing things with the basketball program. I mean, he's got Thad Mata's got a great mind. He just unfortunately physically probably can't head coach at this yeah. point. I think but if you're a Hoosier fan, uh, mm-hmm. if you're a little bit delusional, unless you're a little bit delusional, you're a little disappointing and a little let down by this by this signing, this head coach. Uh, signing. I don't know. Uh, always anonymous text line: Wichita State at number seventy-eight in the RPI is the only other AAC currently AAC team currently with an RPI in the top eighty. Yeah. So that's why you know that's why tomorrow. I mean, look, you end up winning. You it, it's all moot, but. It is interesting they're going with a guy who's making his first start of the year, and they're going to rely on the pin tomorrow. But, I mean, it's a good pin. And I would say this. In a year where ECU has not played well, uh, the consistent thing has been the pitching. By Pitch, yeah, the pitching has really showed out day in, day in been, and day out, day out. That's been the consistent thing all year. Uh, let's play a couple of cuts for the game uh, tonight. Uh, this is... Uh, Dejan Giroux scouting uh, uh, the uh, Oregon State Beavers. Very physical team. Um, you know, have great guards and uh, 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 a great big man, you know, and a great four-man who rebounds the ball very well. Um, they shoot the ball well. Um, you know, able to get in the paint um, with their drives, and they have a great shooter. Um, and, you know, we just have to do a great job of defending the three-point line and, you know, trusting the game plan that our coaches come up with. Um, and I feel like if we, you know, do those things and, you know, continue to play to our roots, our culture, we'll put ourselves in a great position. Houston's a hell of a defensive team. They are a great defensive team. Uh, now, I understand Rutgers took them to the limit, but Rutgers is well coached. But, I mean, they shut down, you know, you, you, knew, Cincinnati, or you knew Cincinnati. You knew Syracuse was not going to shoot really, really well this weekend. They weren't going to make half their threes. Daddy ball. But, I mean – Daddy ball, but they they totally, totally shut them down defensively. That the reason Syracuse struggled like they did is because of the way Houston defends. Uh, this is uh, Giroux on uh, the fact that Houston could get to the Final Four without facing a single digit seed because Oregon State's a number twelve. It's great college basketball players all around the world, so you know anybody can lose at it uh, any given day. So, you know, it's just, you know, probably that night it wasn't uh, that team night and it was another team night. So, you know, it's great players all around. Everyone wants to win. You know, everyone comes every game and gives it, gives it their all. So, you know, you never know how it's going to go. But, you know, I'm grateful for us to be in this position. And, you know, like I said, we just control the way we can control. Um, that's not our problem. But, you know, like I said, we're grateful. Got to play who you got to play, baby. Uh, this is Kelvin Sampson who says they're not focusing on the seed. You know, we get so hung up on the seed and assume that, you know, if you're here, you're good. I mean, you're, you're really good. Um, Loyola, Loyola Chicago didn't become a bad team because they lost to Oregon State. That's the same team that beat Illinois. So we know how good Oregon State is. I mean, they beat Loyola. And I, 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 I love Loyola's team. And then uh, Kelvin said it there, Oregon State is good. Uh, he he reemphasized that again when he was asked about it. They're long up front. They're athletic. 
Uh, Silva's a problem with his size, screener, uh, passer, tipper, keeps balls alive. Um, put together really good. Oregon State, by the way, their coach is uh, Coach Tinkle, which is uh, one of the great sports names. Uh, right up there with Dick Trickle, Coach Tinkle. But they've won six elimination games in a row, Ben. Can you believe that? Wow. 22 games through the season, they were 500. So, I mean, they're playing well right now. And it's really who plays hot in these tournaments, a lot of, a lot of instances. Uh, Gonzaga's the best team. Gonzaga's playing great right now. But, you know, boy, what Michigan did to Florida State was quite amazing. Down two good players, too. Yeah. Really, really amazing stuff. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm really excited about the Elite Eight the next two nights in prime time. I think that's really cool. And I hope it's something that people will uh, will watch because it'd be cool if they would do the Elite Eight in prime time instead of, you know, bunching it up on Sundays in the future. We'll see. But I think it's been great to kind of have that all-day basketball with the uh, Sweet 16 over the weekend and then the Elite Eight in prime time the next two nights. Okay, we'll grab a break. Uh, Pirate football practicing inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Uh, we'll uh, bring you some of Coach Houston's comments and Holt Naylor's comments. How's that sound, Ben? Uh, ben, with an update, then we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with uh, Cliff Godwin. All of that to come here on the Patrick Johnson Show Monday, so stay tuned. Outkick with Clay Travis. If the White House reaches out and says the president would like to do your show, the answer is always going to be okay. Period. And if that upsets you, you can go listen to a much less successful radio show somewhere else in the country. Every morning, 6 till 9 on Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pirate football uh, wrapping up a practice inside of uh, Dottie Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Our cameras were there. We got a shot of uh, the Pirates early on in that workout. The uh, fog, the mist, uh, the haze. Hanging over uh, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium as the uh, guys were starting to get out there and work out. They've been crisp in practice. Uh, some of our uh, eyes that have been on the scene that we've not been able to be at every single uh, snap at sea. Some that have have uh, told us that uh, this is a much better looking physically and uh, a team with a better edge so far in spring ball 2021. Uh, so this uh, is Mike Houston. Some of his post-practice comments. Uh, this was the uh, opening statement from Mike Houston Saturday inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Good to be back in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And uh, you can see just a little bit of the, the energy and the, kind of the attitude this group has right there from when we finished practice. You know, really pleased with the second half of practice and the competitions we had today. You know, so much good stuff. Okay, it's such a great film being back here in the stadium. Okay, and having guys compete like that, you know, that you know you're going to get better off something like that. So really, really pleased with you know, finishing up the second week of practice and really pleased with just the way the contact went this week. While it wasn't a scrimmage, the Pirates did have plenty of situational work on a Saturday morning. Mike Houston addressing uh, that. We had a live inside run drill. 
uh, early in practice, um, and then you know working first and second down, middle of the field, you know thirty to thirty during our team portion, and right there we got a live red zone uh, you know, rack with each of our first two two offenses and two defenses. So starting to get some situations, you know, we'll start working third down, stuff like that. Next now, for those of you that aren't listening to this show under cans, like a highly trained professional in broadcasting like myself is currently. Uh, what Coach said there is they basically worked on some inside run game. They worked on some situational stuff with the run game, especially at the end of practice that was quite spirited. Uh, now they're going to work this week when they resume spring ball activities on things, uh, you know, down and distance kind of situational stuff uh, with uh, the offense. Uh, Mike Houston comments on our Pirate Report uh, he was asked about the uh, situation at running back. Well, I mean, I think, you know, first, when we talked about Rajay and uh, Keaton, I mean, I think, you know, if you paid any close attention to the end of practice right there, those two are pretty special. Uh, and, the, and the way they compete. You know, you look at them in that Oklahoma drills, we finished practice right there, and those two are right in the middle of it. And really, from a leadership kind of deal, you know, getting the ball in the end zone, the last snap right there. So that's, I mean, that attitude and mentality in that room is just really at a good place right now. Um, you know, DJ Alston uh, has been doing a great job this spring. Asa Barnes was out today, but has had a, a solid start to the spring. And you saw Macy O'Donnell getting some reps in there. You know, Maceo's speed, you know, allows us to do some things there with that, uh, that, that, that position. Mike Houston uh, talking with the uh, throng of media Saturday uh, right before noon following the uh, – the uh, workout inside of Daddy Ficklin Stadium for Pirate Football. The question about Mason Garcia getting a lot of second team reps and how he has performed so far. He's not drinking from a fire hydrant anymore. Yeah. Uh, he, he actually knows kind of the route concepts of where people are going to be. So he's that's been good to kind of calm things down. You know, that right there at the end, that live work is what he needs worse than anything. So, you know, each day he's going to get better. Uh, and get more comfortable. So he's, you know, he's had a good start, but just you know, as many reps as we can get, you know, those backup quarterbacks, you know, getting figuring out who number two is and then who number three is. Mike Houston asked about how the culture has taken root, especially with uh, this team this offseason. That's the thing that I thought we had to get fixed first when I first got here. I mean, I think we're in a really good place right now. Um, you know, we have we have good solid leadership. Uh, you know. Kids, they, they, they know what the expectations are and how we operate, you know, on the field, off the field, around campus. So, you know, really pleased with our group and the way they represent us. Coach Houston asked about Tajay Hudson at wide receiver. He's a dang load, as you can see from that last <laughs> little matchup right there. Um, I don't know if anybody's whipped him yet in any of those one-on-one deals, but, uh, you know, he's – when it comes to the receiving aspect, you know, he's, he's improving on his footwork. That's the big thing, improving, improving on releases, improving on route running. Uh, he has good hands. He catches the ball consistently. But it's just all the f- fundamentals and things are what he's really got to focus on this spring. Our Pirate Report, Mike Houston following uh, the uh, workout inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium Saturday, following uh, the second week of spring practice for the Pirates. Heavy. And uh, on the Soundbite roster here, this is the uh, Jeremy Lewis cut, the South Central product. Uh, making the transition over to the defensive side of the ball. And Coach Houston was asked uh, how that transition, which uh, Lewis has reportedly said, is one that he's excited about. Coach Houston was asked, uh, is he seeing that excitement and dedication uh, as Lewis works out on the defensive side of the ball? He's looked like he belongs. You know, he's... uh... He's, he's taking first team reps right now. And, uh, you know, had a solid practice today. Uh, had a had an interception during our team portion of practice. Uh, just you know, he brings that 
that uh, edge, that intensity, and, and, a, and his athleticism out there has done, you know, it's been really good so far. So he's, he's adjusted quite well. Coach Mike Houston uh, also asked about a, another local product uh, from Elizabeth City, and that is uh, Travion Freshwater. When I say local product, Eastern North Carolina product, you know, a kid that played in the East, Northeast in this case, Northeastern. Uh, from Elizabeth City, the Beast, Trayvon, Fr- Travion Freshwater. Uh, coach, on uh, this being a pivotal spring for Travion Freshwater. Well, he's working at field in right now um, and, and getting some reps and has shown some flashes of what you know, we hoped he would be when he got here. Um, and I've challenged him. You know, he's, he's got to make the most of this opportunity this spring. So uh, you know, looking forward to see what he does you know, for the duration of the rest of the practice. As of now, another local kid, C.J. Johnson, who's never had a spring practice during his time at ECU. Think about that. Uh, but here he is. Uh, this is uh, entering his third year, C.J. Johnson. Now, he's not been out there as of yet. Coach, you'll hear in this answer, is anticipating him being back this week. And once he is on the field, this is going to be a pivotal spring for a receiver that has all-conference potential out of D.H. Conley, C.J. Johnson. Well, it's big. I'll be glad when we get him out there. Um, he should uh, he should be back on the practice field Tuesday. It's what he did not have, you know, last year. Um, and you know, he and I have talked a good bit. You know, I have high expectations for him. He has high expectations for himself. But he's got to get out there on the field and he's got to work on the things that he's got to improve on and really work on that consistency day in and day out from a performance standpoint. So this is today's pirate report and. Uh... Holton Aylers, for the first time in more than a year after a practice addressing the uh, media face-to-face, wake your uh, friends and neighbors. This is Holton on how spring ball's gone so far for ECU. It's been pretty good. Um, weather's been good to us. Um, we got a lot of work in. It's, it's good because a lot of us, I mean, have been starters before at some point. Um, even We even got some guys that aren't starting right now in the rotation that have started, so it's good. We're we're finally getting older, um, so it's been good. Ehlers asked about the final uh, drill that they ran at the end of practice on Saturday. You get three plays, and it's like a five-yard radius, and it's three-on-three with a running back. It's not – I mean, it's a good football drill, but it's not set up for the offense to win. So, I mean, he's got (laughs) an uphill battle. Holden Ehlers said he was excited to be at it at Daddy Ficklet Stadium. Great. Um, I mean, this is a – one of the first in-person interviews I've done in over a year, so it feels good for you guys to be out here. It feels good for anyone, really, to be out here. Um, but anytime we get a chance to play in, in the stadium is always special. Our Pirate Report, Holden Naylor's asked about the uh, culture change that this Pirate program has experienced the last couple of years under Mike Houston. Yeah, this team is nothing like any team I've ever been a part of um, here at ECU. I mean, we're all experienced. We all know what to expect now. Um, it's, it's a couple of our of the freshmen from last year's first spring, but I mean, their experience, they've played a whole season now and, and actually played, not just been a part of it, but played. So, um, I mean, this, this offseason has really been special for this team because, I mean, you can you can definitely feel the culture changing. One of the things, uh, this is a group that got a lot of playing time last year. A lot of young guys have played in this program. Holt Naylor's uh, post-practice Saturday asked about uh, the experience this group has now. I mean, I think... I mean, one positive thing about COVID is, I mean, you had to play a lot of people. You had to, everyone had to be ready at one time and, and stuff like that. I mean, it doesn't benefit in the moment. I mean, last year when someone had to go out because of COVID, that sucked or contact tracing, that sucked. But, I mean, this year when you when you look back at it and, and you have three people that have started a game in the same position, I mean, that's, that's big time. 
for uh, for depth purposes. And, and I mean, those, these seasons are long. I mean, people get hurt, people get nicked up, and you just got to have depth there. And I think we finally have it here. Ehlers talked about uh, his weight loss in the offseason. More than 10 pounds he shed it. He looks uh, more svelte. This is Holton Ehlers. Um, it's kind of everything. I mean, eating a lot better. I mean, there's no – I mean, any chance you can to get better, I mean, that's what I that's what I took. I mean, I took it to eating-wise. And, then, you know, Big John did a great job with me. Um, I went from about 238 to 226, so I dropped about 12 pounds. And um, I just feel better, feel quicker, um, and hopefully I can show that this fall. Oh. What kind of changes have you experienced this year in addition to the passing game? Um, I mean, a lot. I mean, we've added some things. I mean, it's just spring. We're a couple practices in. But, I mean, you can definitely definitely see some stuff. I mean, we'll go watch Norfolk State, some of the stuff that we'll put in and, and stuff that they have that has really been a good addition for us. So he's been really good for us. One thing Mike Houston did say, the audio was not great on this, that they are hoping uh, to maybe pick up a back. Uh, be that, uh, well, however that may be. They're hoping to add a back before the uh, spring. Or, excuse me, before the fall. So, uh that is a, an area now that, while there's some great talent, uh, not a ton of, not a ton of depth of that position right now. Keaton Mitchell getting the uh, first team reps, if you will, right now, and uh, Holt Naylor's talked about the uh, soon-to-be second-year running back for the Pirates. Yeah, Keith's been great. I mean, him and Raji are both ones. I mean, there's not a, a starter and a backup. I mean, they're both ones. They're they're as good as anyone in this conference, really, this country. Um, those dudes are are always. Um, up-tempo and ready to go. So, I mean, it really hasn't been too much of an adjustment uh, not having Rajay there. I mean, obviously we miss him, and he was out there today, which was good. But, I mean, Keats, they're both very good. So they're both starters, really. Breaking. This just in. Breaking news. This is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson. All right. Uh, that's our Pirate Report, and we bring you breaking news in our Pirate Report. Uh, wow. This is uh, interesting. Jaden Gardner has entered the transfer portal for ECU. Breaking news just happening here. Uh, this is Jaden Gardner in a statement that he just put out on Twitter. Greenville, all I can say is thank you. You took me in when no one else believed in me and I grew into the man I am today. I thank you for all the relationships and bonds I've formed here. Thank you to all the players I've had the pleasure of playing with. Thank you to Coach Dooley and the coaching staff that helped my development along the way. To all the Pirate fans, thank you for always supporting me. I truly gave you my all. This place is a special place, and I'll always call it home. Thank you. Especially thank you to God, my dad, and my mom. I would be nothing without them. This was a hard decision to make. But me and my family believe it's in my best interest to move on. I'll be entering the transfer portal to finish out my career. Nothing but love, JG, out. And it's got a signature in his jersey number. Wow. That's big. Whew, gracious. That is, uh, I, I'm a little shocked. I'm not, there's not a whole lot of things that would shock me, Ben. That's that big. That one shocked me. That's that huge. shocked me. That shocked me. Kelvin Sampson, he loves Jaden Garner. That's a guy. <laughs> that's a guy he's familiar with. Wow, I am I, truly stunned. Okay, uh, Ben Byram now with an update. Jaden Gardner to the transfer portal. We'll update our social media. I'll get on that, Ben, while you're doing the update. But uh, Jaden Gardner has entered the transfer portal, ladies and gentlemen. The Americans. Uh, 
I mean, let's face it, at all first team guy, top scorer, top rebounder in the league. Yikes. It, that's and that's a blow. And I mean, it's, it has been the guy who's carried this team for the last three years. Uh, whew, that is interesting. As far as we know, we still got Baruti, right? <laughs> yes, as far as we know, Baruti is still. So there were reports twice that he was gone, <laughs> there, but as, I, there, as I've seen, he's still here. As, as far as we know, we still have Baruti. I got to give you that one, Ben. Uh, all right, so uh, Ben Byram with uh, more. A lot of stuff going on. Some good ECU news with Gavin Williams today. Preview of the basketball tonight. Uh, we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with Cliff Godwin coming up here in a moment. Uh, but Ben, with what is uh, just news breaking moments ago, major breaking news involving ECU basketball. Uh, more on that now with Ben Byram. Thanks, Patrick. And, of course, what you just heard, we start with some unfortunate Pirate basketball news that just broke moments ago. Junior forward Jaden Gardner has announced that he's officially entered the transfer portal on his Twitter page. We move on to Pirate baseball, and after a phenomenal performance Friday on the road against Elon, ECU junior Gavin Williams was named American Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Week. Williams Gardner career highs in that game with six innings pitch, while of 11 strikeouts to help cement a 15-0 victory over the Phoenix. The honors the first Williams was as earned in his career and the fourth overall for the Pirate program so far this season. Pirate football held their spring practice in Daddy Ficklin Stadium over the weekend, and the big story so far around quarterback one Holton Ehlers is his physical transformation over the offseason. The redshirt junior clearly has slimmed down. He talked a little bit about that after practice Saturday. Everything, I mean, eating a lot better. I mean, there's no, I mean, any chance you can to get better. I mean, that's what I, that's what I took. I mean, I took it to eating wise, and then, you know, Big John did a great job with me. Um, I went from about 238 to 226, so I dropped about 12 pounds, and um, I just feel better, feel quicker, um, and hope I can show that this fall. We have the Bristol Dirt Race underway in NASCAR, and on lap 115, Martin Truex Jr. leads along with William Byron and Joey Logano. Moving on from the NFL, the league announced it'll move towards a 17-game season this upcoming season, sparking much player backlash. Meanwhile, the Vikings reached a one-year deal with safety Xavier Woods worth $2.5 million. The Falcons restructure linebacker Deion Jones' contract, which frees up $4 million in cap space. And Sammy Watkins signs a one-year deal with Baltimore pending a physical. From College Hoops, Indiana finds their new head coach and former New York Knicks assistant Mike Woodson signed him to a six-year deal. Woodson is history with the Hoosiers, with the university not only being his alma mater, but he also played under legendary head coach Bob Knight there from 1976-1980. American Conference member Memphis claims the NIT title yesterday after claiming the top seed and defeating fourth seed in Mississippi State 77-64. And we head into the Elite Eight tonight at 7-15 with another American Conference member in action as the second seed at Houston takes on 12th seeded Oregon State. Houston Cougars are favored by 8 points with the over-under at 129. Later on, 957 top seeded Baylor matches up against third seeded Arkansas. The Arkansas Razorbacks are seven and a half point underdogs with the over-under at 148. From the NBA, former All-Star forward LaMarcus Aldridge has announced that he was signed with the Brooklyn Nets, while former All-Star center Andre Drummond has announced that he was signed with the Lakers. Wrapping up from the UFC, former lightweight heavyweight champ John Jones has requested his release from the UFC, while Conor McGregor has confirmed a return July 10th for a lightweight trilogy bout against Dustin Poirier at UFC 264. For your 94th game sports update, I'm Ben Barman. We return. We'll have Cliff Godwin after this quick timeout. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis and the Dan Patrick Show. You guys are awesome. Weekday mornings on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Play ball! 
It's time to head inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Baseball Coach Cliff Godwin on your home for East Carolina baseball. 94-3, the game. Going back, looking up. See you later. Patrick Johnson's visit with Coach Godwin is covered by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern. Also by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Here's Patrick Johnson with Coach Cliff Godwin. It'll be quite a week ahead for uh, ECU. It's already been uh, quite a week. Cliff Godwin joining us uh, here uh, as uh, the uh, head coach of the Pirates uh, is allowing us a few moments of uh, his time on uh, Mondays. We enjoy catching up with him. Uh, Coach, thank you for uh, a few minutes and uh, hope all is well after uh, a rare Sunday off. Yeah, everything's great. I uh, appreciate uh, you having me, as always. Coach, I split at Elon over the weekend. Uh, Friday, probably uh, at least uh, on paper, and uh, the performance went about as well as you probably could have uh, hoped. Uh, Gavin Williams, though, uh, what a night for him. 11 strikeouts, uh, works deep into the game, and uh, really looked to be, as the saying goes, in midseason form. He was he was quite good on sa- on Friday for you. Yeah, I thought we played really good Friday. Uh, we haven't really played well for the past. Go back to the UNC Wilmington game and even Illinois State. We just hadn't played great. At times, we were logging mentally during that stretch, but we just hadn't played great baseball um, in all three phases. I thought Friday night was the first time in over a week where we pitched really good. Gavin was tremendous. Um, you know, mixing pitches, fastball inside, outside, struck out 11 and six innings, could have went back out for the seventh, but we blew it open in the sixth, so there was no need for him to right. go back out there. Um, and the guys who came in behind him did a really good job, and some of those guys are, have not gotten a lot of opportunities with Logish and Groves and Hill Lawson, but they did a really good job. So, and then offensively, we had two really big innings, and we were able to get a lot of guys off the bench, some younger guys who played well, Cam Plant, C.J. Boyd, and others. So it was really good. Friday was as good as you could draw it up. And uh, overall, the staff matches the uh, season-high strikeouts in that game. I think uh, back at uh, Georgia Southern, if I recall, they had an a, a 18-strikeout game. Uh, but I did see the note where it was 14 times where the staff has had 10 or more strikeouts in a game this year. That's that's pretty remarkable. And when this staff is rolling, uh, Coach, when everybody's locked in and doing their job uh, out of the pen, uh, this, this is a, a really special group uh, and can be a special group. Absolutely. And Coach Dietrich and Coach Knight deserve a lot of the credit with the kids putting in the work. But when they go out there and their mind's right and they execute plans, it's pretty special. Uh, so. Uh, they did a really good job on Friday Friday night. Come back on uh, Saturday, and it's a 2-1 final. Really, Elon uh, pushes across their two runs with one big swing. And he got to give their uh, two kids uh, credit, Spencer Bauer and uh, the Edgington uh, uh, kid, Brian Edgington. Uh, it just it, is this a – I know probably offensively well, – I'm, I'm anxious to hear what you thought of the approach offensively, but there are times, I guess, too, where you kind of have to tip the cap. Um. No, I, I look, they did a good job. I mean, Elon, as a group, did a great job coming back and competing on Saturday when was a quick turnaround. Um, you know, we were scheduled to play at 2 o'clock with weather moving in, moving up at noon. We're staying 30 minutes away. So, 
credit to Elon for being ready to show up. Thought their two pitchers did a great job. I thought our offensive approach was horrendous, mm-hmm. other than two guys in our lineup. And once again, it falls back on me. Uh, I didn't do a good enough job of educating our guys on what I shouldn't say educated. I didn't say the right words to them to get them to do what we needed them to do on Saturday. And look, it's baseball, and that's the thing you tell them and you tell everybody is it's a different day. It doesn't matter if you won two to one the night before, 15 to nothing. You got to show up and execute. And I just probably in their minds, we they thought we probably couldn't lose, and we did. And it's a good learning lesson, um, as we've had a few of those this year, but we're 17 and five. And we always talk about going eight and three in eleven game seven eleven game segments. And if you do that, then you have forty wins because you have five of those. So we're finished with the first two, and we went nine and two in the first one, and eight and three in the second one. And we're off to a seventeen and five start, and at times have not played our best baseball. So we're in a good spot. We just need to focus on getting a little bit better um, of keeping the chain together. Um, whatever we're trying to do offensively, and if we can do that, then we do have a chance. Coach, Cliff Godwin is uh, with us. Uh, Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, going from when you find out that St. John's is not going to be able to make the trip to uh, putting this Elon two-game set together on the fly. Uh, give us some insight into how all that kind of transpired. Well, you have uh, – there's an email chain with all the head coaches in the country. And, I mean, there's – putting stuff in there every day. Okay, We need midweek games for these days. We need a weekend series. We'll travel. We'll do whatever. Uh, we just get caught wind that Elon and James Madison might not play for whatever the reason. And everybody wants to know why they didn't play. I don't know. I don't care. don't know. I just know that Mike Kennedy uh, was open for us to come up there and play two games, which I thought worked out well for us. And that's what we did. And uh, we appreciate uh Mike and Elon having us up there. And uh, now uh, this week, uh, kind of a different week with the schedule at Easter. Uh, of course, you would see tomorrow. You know, the game against you uh, would see in Chapel Hill last week, uh, and, and you, you know baseball. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a novice when it comes to a lot of this. But but let me – this is just my you take on – What's hey, that? Patrick, yeah. you mean you don't – and you know what? Because hey, when the fans, all fans have opinions on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, a little tongue in cheek when I say that, Coach. But I, but I, what, what I'm getting at uh, is, you know, to me that's a game where, I mean, you know, you would see they they hit the ball well, they pitched great, and they, it seemed like in that game to me they caught everything. And, and what I'm saying is, I'm sure you you know you look at your team and, and you can break things down a certain way. But, again, that's another one of those where you know, there's another team with guys with scholarships on the other side of the diamond there in the other dugout, and they just played really well last Tuesday. That, that That's, you know, it, it's not as simple as that, but that's just kind of how I, I I looked at last Tuesday's game. Well, and what you said is 100% accurate. They played better than we did. We did not play good. We looked tired. And I gave them Wednesday off after the game totally because I told them they looked physically and mentally just worn down. Yeah. And – um, we had a long week the week before. And what I mean by that is we don't play well at UNCW. We had a really tough workout in the weight room on Thursday. So I can be mad enough and take it if, if that's why we lost on Tuesday because we were tired from the Thursday workout, extra in Friday, <laughs> right. had to come from Saturday, had to come from behind on Sunday. Monday was a very light day. But at the end of the day, 
look, man, these guys want to play professional baseball. <laughs> so the professional baseball, you, you play 162 games. And even in minor league baseball, you play over 100. And there's not a lot of off days. So you got to figure out how to get yourself mentally and physically prepared, which ultimately falls on me. I'm not blaming our players. But we've got to get ready for four-game weekends. Right, and for, yeah. So we need to find another gear internally at times when maybe our bodies don't feel great. That is uh, Cliff Godwin. This is uh, inside the ECU clubhouse with pirate coach Cliff Godwin. It's part of the podcast that we uh, do each Monday, and it releases uh, somewhere between 930 and 10. It's on our website, 943thegame.com. Uh, so if you want to catch the rest of that really uh, interesting conversation, including Coach Godwin's thoughts on a very heartwarming story that was making the social media rounds this weekend, uh, go to our website, the brand new 943thegame.com. We have uh, major news that has broken within the last 20 minutes. Jaden Gardner has uh, made the decision to enter the transfer portal based on a statement that he put out. Uh, it sounds like that uh, this isn't a test the water situation to see what interest there is. I may come back. This is not one of those uh, with the transfer portal, which uh, you may see some. But uh, this is uh, a guy, one of 40-some-odd, that have just entered the portal in the last little bit. Jaden Gardner saying that he is uh, moving on. Uh, nearly 1,500 career points. He was uh, looking at leaving ECU as their all-time leading scorer and probably, uh, if not their all-time leading rebounder, pretty close. But uh, Jaden Gardner, uh, eighth right now on the all-time pirate scoring list, uh, will uh, finish his ECU career with less than 1,500 points. Jaden Gardner, again, entering the transfer portal uh, and uh, making it official on his Twitter uh, just a little bit. We're going to grab a break. Uh, we will come back and uh, reset everything for tonight. Uh, we actually have Joe Dooley on the show with us tomorrow. And uh, that's going to be an interesting conversation in light of uh, this uh, today and in light of uh, some of the other uh, news swirling around pirate basketball right now. So a timeout. We'll come back and uh, wrap up this uh, Monday edition, uh, quite an eventful Monday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. This has been Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, presented by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy could save your life. And by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and Newburgh. Now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. I, I mean, if you told me, I wouldn't believe it. A lot of uh, looks forward with optimism for the uh, Pirate basketball season and some things that rumored to happen as far as the transfer portal goes and guys that could maybe be a part of this program but a lot of that too is predicated on Jaden Gardner being back uh, he has announced on his social media he's entering the transfer portal 18.3 points 8.3 rebounds I think a lot of people are going to line up for Jaden Gardner what say you Ben like I said Houston I mean every time we seen the play Houston Kelvin Sampson harped on the fact that he loved Jaden Gardner. He wouldn't even talk about ECU as a, as a collective team. He would just focus in on how good Jaden Gardner was, and I, I could see that. I could see that. 
More than a thousand names now on the transfer portal list, over 45. In fact, nearly 50 of them added just today. And uh, as you start to see teams wrap up their run in the postseason, you'll see more names on there. Uh, but uh, this is amazing. This is pretty amazing stuff. Uh, by the way, Bobby Pettiford, the renowned guard from South Granville, who committed originally to Louisville and then decommitted when they made some coaching uh, dismissals there. Uh, has apparently got an offer from Kansas, and my guess is that's where he's going to wind up. Wow. Probably, that's big. No, that guy can play. That guy can play. Uh, and uh, that's a guy ECU's been on. So, all right, uh, boy, this transfer portal—I'm sure it is—is is making coaches sick. Uh, Joe Dooley will join us tomorrow. We'll be on from five to six fifteen ahead of Pirate baseball as the Pirates take on uh, UNC. Uh, so that is tomorrow uh, on the Patrick Johnson uh, show. Uh, big thanks today to Coach Goblin for his time. And again, you can go and check out the end of uh, that, uh, the complete podcast inside the Pirate Baseball Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin at our website, 943thegame.com. Jaden Gardner to the transfer portal. Wow. Who'd have thunk it? We'll uh, break it all down and have Coach Dooley on tomorrow. The Patrick Johnson Show.